Hello and welcome back. We are the Fantasy Football Fanatics and yes, football is finally back. That ghost ship, there was the fantasy, it was the FPL League sailing on through the game weeks despite there being no matches, um, is back. We now have a plus sign against each week and everything's been reset. So, raring to go, deep inside his uh, Silicon Valley lair is Ben. Say hello, Ben. Hello. And Matt, half man, half spreadsheet, who's been fighting COVID-19 with his antivirus software. Say hello, Matt. (laughs) Hi, Gary. Yes. And um, if my introductions weren't very good, we can blame Duncan, who at the very last minute uh, lumbered me with presenting this podcast at about five minutes notice. Um, Before I move on as well, I would just like to say happy birthday to our other podder, Andy. Uh, so we're recording this on his birthday, and we've let him uh, get away for, for for today. But have a have a happy birthday, Andy. Does, does anyone have any messages to pass on to to Andy? Um, I guess yeah. Have have lots of fun and adventures today, uh, even in lockdown. So then, shall we go straight into what we normally have is our football highlight of the last three months, uh, or the last week, but this time we're talking about the last three months, and it's maybe a non-football highlight, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get started. So, um, Ben, would you like to go first? What's been your football highlight of lockdown? I think my, f- my football highlight is something I read this week, which um, incidentally is probably a good topic for our missing podder Andy but I was reading in Brazil there's this really popular app um, where people can essentially pay people to show up as goalkeepers it's like uber for goalkeepers um, because I assume in Brazil <laughs> no one wants to be a goalkeeper um, so it's a uh, I thought that was a really cool idea in terms of um, making some money if you're a goalkeeper in Brazil uh, you know, I've definitely done stints in goal. I think Duncan, our other potter, has done stints in his later careers as well as birthday boy Andy. So, yeah, wish it was around when we were younger. It would have been a good way to make some money. There was a Brazilian bloke who's a goalkeeper playing in my um, my local t- league in Santiago. So I, and he rushed back to Brazil as soon as the coronavirus struck. So I didn't realize <laughs> maybe he thought it was a nice little learner for him. So, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense now. I, I think you can do it in England too, Matt. I feel like um, there's a market for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I'd earned any money uh, as a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I think when they, when, they, when I turn up and they see how bad I am at it, uh, I might suddenly lose employment. So how about you, Matt? What's been your footballish highlight of the last three months? Um, well, it's just been like the the flipping from uh, following live football and uh, the comings and goings to suddenly switching to uh, archive mode uh, my entire football sporting life where I just watch retro matches. So uh, last week I was watching uh, Czech Republic versus Netherlands in 2005, I think it was, uh, or 2004 Euros. Um, and it was sort of a classic game. You had Ned Vied versus Van Nisseroy and all these players that you'd, you'd forgotten about from yesteryear watching them play. So that's been a, that's been a, the, the highlight when there hasn't been many highlights uh, to, to, to sort of talk about. Um, so that's been enjoyable, seeing some of those classic players playing again. Yeah, good stuff. I, I started doing kind of quite similar. The, uh, the Guardian Football Podcast has been doing these watch-alongs with certain matches. So I, I did that for the first few weeks, but then it, I kind of, I, I find it a bit of a slog doing 90 minutes of a game when you, you usually you know the result. Yeah, no, I, I admit that when I'm watching it, um, there's there's a certain amount of like, well, hang on, I do know the score in this one, and I I can quickly Google when the scores actually happen, and then you uh you get a bit bored and just skip ahead to the goal, uh, just to skip over all the uh, sort of boring bits. Matt, any any favourite plays from yesteryear that you had completely forgotten about, and then were like, oh, I I used to really rate that player. Well, I mean, so this game, yes, yeah, so this game I was watching last week. It's basically like the pro evo days when i used to play pro evo quite a lot and like you'd have certain teams that are really quite effective um and czech republic had jan collar and milan baros up front classic big guy little guy worked as a brilliant combination in the computer game uh 
And it actually worked really well in that match as well. Like Collar was holding it up and laying it off to Bowers to have shots and runs in behind. And it, it, it ripped, ripped apart uh, Netherlands, uh, who had no defence. Was, was, uh, was, was Yap Stam playing? Because I seem to remember Jan Collar looked just like Yap, Yap Stam, but an even bigger version of Yap Stam. <laughs> he was, yeah, it's right. Uh, but yeah, next to Yap Stam, I think, was uh, Wilfred Baumer, um, Johnny Heitinger. So uh, names that you sort of forget about because they were pretty average football players. Yes, and for me, I've, I kind of, yeah, as I say, I started on the retro path, but then fortunately about three weeks ago, the K-League started up again. So um, kind of my Saturday mornings, just, just for the spontaneity of watching a football match and not knowing the result, I've been watching on YouTube all the, the K-League highlights. Um, so I, I worked in Korea for a year or so and supported FC Seoul in that time. And um, I think they made quite quite a lot of headlines around the world for their, their first game back. They had this kind of well-meaning idea of um, putting a few kind of inflatable fans in the in the ground, kind of holding some banners uh, to kind of cheer on the team. But then I think that they they kind of went. Some, whoever was organising this was obviously very naive. Uh, I don't think this was done deliberately, but the, the supplier they found for the for the kind of the, the inflatables were kind of specialised in another kind of inflatable, shall we say? So, so you've got these, uh, you've got these in not like these, uh, the, lots of female fans. Yeah, there? lots of female fans. Very quite well endowed female fans. Uh, <laughs> very 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 skimpy outfits, uh, holding up the banners and um, kind of the the, the, the K League was quite po faced about the whole thing and fined them. I think it was about sixty seven thousand pounds. I, I worked out. Um, so it, it was really, it was really quite a strict um, fine that they got for this because it, it, I guess they can be a little bit puritanical in Korea. Um, so so yeah, it was it was quite a quite a thing um but no i i have enjoyed watching a bit of the k league um just just to kind of turn on a football match and not know the result um which and there's been there's been quite a good good bits of skill in the matches i don't know we'll we'll come on to talking a bit later about football without fans because that's a kind of something that that might affect everything um i i watched one k league game uh but it was a, a 1-0 last minute goal so I, I, I didn't even see the goal because I, I, I think I got bored by uh, the 70th minute of nothing happening. So uh, that, that put me off the K-League, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend just sticking to the highlights. Um, it's, well, it's in, in, here in Chile, it's in the middle of the night, the K-League. So I've not, I've not quite been tempted to do, to do that yet. But uh, if, the, if, the, if the football drought had gone on much longer, then maybe, maybe, that, maybe who knows, it would have been desperate measures. Um, I was starting to see <laughs> Think about you know what, what what am I doing with my life? And I, cause the comment there was no real commentary either, and it was an empty stadium. It was basically like, am I watching a training session of a league I have no idea about? Uh, uh, and there's not not even any goals or highlights to speak of. <laughs> some of the some of the stuff they do in the K leagues, they've had like fireworks going off at the kickoff and the start of the second half. And I kind of like, who are the fireworks for? There's no one in the stadium. <laughs> but anyway, well. We'll soon find out for the Premier League how they uh, try and get an atmosphere um, going. It'll be interesting mm, to see. Yeah, so um, kind of we, we're kind of remembering where we were with the football and trying to pick up where things had gone off, uh, had got to last last time. Um, I even I even listened back to a little bit of the last pod that we did just to try and remember what had been going on. Um, so um, yeah, we, we can kind of recap on where everyone is. So. Baby Ben, do you want to go first? Uh, because you're you're currently top of our mini league and you're fifth in the elite uh, fantasy football fanatics um, group league for, with all the with all the listeners, um, which is the highest position out of us podders. So so yeah, Ben, do you want to remind us what how you're doing? Yeah, so it took a while to remember myself, but um, like you said, top of our personal mini league uh fifth in the very very elite uh joint league um i'm about twenty six thousandth overall rank and uh the remaining chips i have left are free hit bench boost and my second wild card and i i think as most people know um who are picking up fpl 
they've given us unlimited transfers up to up for um, the next coming game week 30 plus, which uh, starts on Wednesday. Um, so that's kind of the situation I'm in. In terms of um, my strategy, I think I want to use obviously all the unlimited transfers like a wild card. Um, and then I'll probably bench boost in game week 30 to make to make use of the two double game week fixtures. Um, and then I might wildcard the week after um, and then randomly free hit at some point, maybe on the last last day of the season. Um, but that's kind of what I'm thinking high level right now. Okay. And um, Matt, you're just 21 points behind Ben. Um, so you're 12th in our in our mini league uh sorry our our wider podcast league what what's what's your strategy going into this yeah so oh. um sorry ben you're saying i forgot you were second <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> so uh yeah i'm about 50,000 in the world um and as, as you say 12th in 12th in our t- uh, fans mini league um and have all the same chips uh, and rough strategy as Ben uh, so far. Um, I mean, what got me, I, I think I just pipped ahead of Duncan just before his lockdown went down because um, uh, Calvert-Lewin had come in the last few weeks. So I'd made a couple of good uh, transfers. Uh, Fernandez also had been, uh, I, I got, it, got in on him early. Um, but then, yeah, likewise, using the unlimited transfers to completely repick my entire team. Uh, with the intention to just use a double game week team, uh, followed by then repicking my team using my final wild card uh, for the for the remaining games of the season, and hopefully having that at least one game game week to uh, discover what form players may or may not be on um, and what what teams are up to. So hopefully that that will uh, that will help for the run in. Um, and so what I've been doing is basically trying to load up on Villa, Sheffield United, Man City, and Arsenal players. Uh, which I think my team now looks horrible, uh, but uh, it, it at least plays lots and lots of games and I can play a bench boost as well. Yeah, so I, it, it's looking like we're not going to have much diversity of thought on this uh, this pod. Um, so I'll, I'll just say that my team, after a terrible start in the first half of the season, had slowly been turning it around. Um, I'm on 1,645 points, so about another 32, I think it is, back from Matt. Um, 26th in the game league and 131,000 overall. Although I, I noticed I've crept up 843 places over the lockdown. It's been very profitable lockdown. <laughs> Whoever those players are who've been transferring away while the lockdown lockdown's been on. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I kind of gone along a similar process. So I've, I've actually got all of my chips left. I'm a little bit regretting now that I didn't use my triple captain earlier. Um, I had half a mind to play my triple captain in the first game week, uh, game week 30 plus, uh, because it'd be the only chance to get a double, double fixture for someone like De Bruyne, uh, or Aguero. But I think I'm going to go with the same strategy as the others in that it seems to have, we have unlimited transfers and then I can use my wild card next week. Um, so I can basically just load up my team full of double game week players. Um, this will mean a quite major change in strategy for me. I think, as you know, I've been boycotting Sheffield United players for the entire season. Uh, but I, I, th- I pretty much have no choice, I don't think. So I, I'm going to break the embargo um, in the coming week. Gary, you should stick with your principles, I think. <laughs> I, I, I'm consoling myself by the fact one of them, Henderson, isn't a proper Sheffield United player. He's just on loan, so he doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, should we talk about some of the players that we're, we're picking? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you want to start, Matt? Um, yeah, who, who are you going with? Um, so... Uh... I'm, if I read through my current, my current team, uh, bearing in mind we've sort of unlimited transfers, so I reserve the right to completely change my mind uh, over the coming days. Uh, I've gone treble Sheffield United defence with Henderson, O'Connell and Egan. Uh, 
I've then uh, gone for the Man City trio of Laporte, De Bruyne and Aguero. Uh, I've gone uh, Treble uh, Villa with uh, Grealish. I imagine almost everyone's going to have Grealish, uh, but you've kind of, kind of got to have him. Uh, McGinn and Douglas Louise, because I, I ran out of money. Um, and finally, I've got uh, three Arsenal is uh, Le- Leno and goal. Uh, David Luiz at the back uh, because you never know he might might get an attacking return uh, and Aubameyang uh, as the only reliable Arsenal player I could I could think of. Um, okay, well, uh, and that, that... can I can I just say Matt, thanks for running through my team while you're at it. That was uh, very. <laughs> 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 I've, I've gone I've gone slightly different. Wait, Matt, who were your who were your non double gaming players? <laughs> Um, so those players are pure, picked purely on the fact that I didn't want to lose the transfer value that they'd gone up in, in value by. So it's Trent, Fernandez, and Jota. Nice. So Gary, you were saying what's what's your team? Well, how is your team different from mine? Well, I mean, all? I mean, I guess kind of the the guiding principle for this is it's it's very difficult to know who's going to play because a lot of the teams are kind of starting again from scratch you, you kind of think they're going to go with their their strongest 11 but there may be a few players who are a little bit short of fitness we don't know so i've kind of gone by the same principle of going for guys who are regulars who play normally um slightly different with the my arsenal is exactly the same as yours Man City, I had Sterling rather than Aguero, but I, I was thinking about changing that. Um, Sheffield United defenders, I've gone for Stevens and Baldock rather than uh, O'Connell and Egan. Um, Villa, yeah. I've got Samata and Mings, uh, but I also Grealish. So, so yeah, very, very, very similar. <laughs> How about you, Ben? Have you got, got a draft team? Yeah, so uh, my guiding principle, I mean... Teams are very similar, but maybe slightly different was I, I went with the three big Man City hitters. So I went with Sterling, De Bruyne, Aguero, which just kind of limit the rest of my team. But um, I felt like I wanted all three of them. Um, I also have the three Sheffield United defenders. I have Henderson, Egan, O'Connell. Um, I And my three Villa players, I just went with three Villa attackers. So Samasa, Grealish. I've actually gone for McGinn as well, who it really pumps me because he's just back from injury. Um, but hopefully he is fit. And, you know, I think they're a much better team when McGinn is playing. So he's my punt. Um, I think controversially, I've only gone for two Arsenal players, um, mainly because of my three big city hitters. I, I really couldn't find a way to afford them. And also, I, I just don't rate... I just don't rate Arsenal defenders in general. So I have Obama Yang and Saka in midfield, who is super cheap. Um, and then rounding out my team is Trent, who I have a lot of value tied up in. Um, I have Lascelles, who is cheap and has a home fixture against Sheffield United. Um, and then I guess my one good player who is not a double game week player. I'm still debating. I'm I'm debating between Matt Doherty from Wolves or Marcus Alonso from Chelsea. So yeah, that's my team. And also, I have a, a theory that Duncan dropped out of our pod just so he could hear our teams. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I think so. Kind of hearing that, I was a bit surprised just how much um, how how close we are together, really. But. Um, it's kind of making me think that this week won't be quite as much of a differential as I thought. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if I should hedge my bets on predicting a certain team, say Villa. Maybe they're not going to do that well. I don't know. Maybe if they lose to Sheffield United, I don't give them much hope against Chelsea. They could be a, a bit of a kind of a, yes, we get double points. But if, um, if Grealish blanks twice, it's not much use. Um, I have to admit the the reason I went for triple Villa midfield was because uh, they don't get the minus one for conceding lots of goals. Uh, so there's, uh, I'm hoping for four points as a minimum from from each of them, uh, and then we'll see see where we go from there. Because uh, I, I think out of the four teams, they're probably the weakest um, that, that have a double game week. 
Mm. It is really, it is really hard to tell, though, isn't it? Because the kind of the, the whole concept of form has kind of gone out the window a bit, hasn't it? So um, it's almost like resetting everything. So um, yeah, like the if it, if Villa Villa last season were kind of the equals of Sheffield United, so maybe they'll go back to being the equals, or maybe Sheffield United will have the advantage that they they would have had before. It's it's very hard to say. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, the, the, the only other thing, and maybe this is a segue into the next section, is now I believe teams are allowed five substitutes, right? And because there's such short time between the games, like I think Pep is, Pep is definitely going to just haul off people um, and rotate a lot, I feel like. So it could be a minefield. Yeah. And I think I, I, I'm not so concerned about having teams that are very similar to one another because I think that was inevitable. It's it's always and, and even before that, like uh, I've been trying to catch Ben with basically seven players that he also had in his lineup. Um, so it's always been sometimes about those marginal players that you've picked. Say say I've gone Laporte and uh, Ben's gone Sterling. Uh, although I don't quite fancy that matchup now. I now I now I say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, watching the match, hoping for the clean sheet versus hoping Sterling gets subbed off in the 59th minute, never to appear again. Uh, so that that that'll be the fun of fantasy again. It's just those uh, there's one or two players that that are really genuinely yours in the uh, your sort of little rivalry uh, that you can really cheer on. Plus, I think we're thinking about I, I don't know the exact stats, but presumably about half the managers in the top 100,000 might have used their wild card already. So they don't have the luxury of doing this kind of bench this, this first week with the double game week, presumably the bench boost as well. I think we're all doing the bench boost, it seems. Um, and then they would, they would have to, yeah, potentially could do, if they were to pick a team like this one, they would then be stuck with it for the rest of the the season. Whereas those of us who have our wild card left have got the the flexibility. Yeah, yeah I believe I believe Andy has used his um, two wild cards, so we'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. Okay. So, I think I think that seems quite similar. So, but we, it would be interesting to have a bit more of a discussion about how we think football might be different under these new conditions. So, um, oh, actually, before before we go into that, I guess. Um, I guess we should just mention kind of what we said that this is the the, the fixtures we we were talking on the previous pod back in March we were kind of pulling our hair out about game week thirty one and it only having four matches and everything being quite unbalanced and it being quite difficult to navigate the way through. Now all of a sudden it's all kind of been evened out and and spread out so we've got regular game weeks of ten matches all the way after game week thirty. Um, I don't know quite what's happening with the Champions League or the FA Cup and whether that might change. I, th- I think they might be like front-loading the FA Cup and the Champions League into August, kind of at the end of this season and before the next one starts. But I don't know if you've heard any more on that. Yeah, I think from what I was looking at, the FA Cup fixtures are scheduled, but they don't they don't affect like the single double game week dynamic. So it's pretty set that game week 30 is the only double game week. And then the rest are, the rest I believe are single game weeks. Uh, Yes. I'm just looking now. So it's in a fortnight. We're going to have the FA cup quarterfinals. I don't know what that means for the semifinals. Um, there doesn't they don't appear to have scheduled the semifinals yet. I'm wondering if they might just have the semifinal and the final in one big, kind of end of season bonanza and there's quite a few of the top teams are affected by that you've got um new man city have got newcastle man united have got norwich chelsea playing leicester and arsenal playing sheffield united so you could foresee because it looks likely you might have manchester united man city potentially and then the other four teams are all kind of top end of the table so um, and Man City, of course, are still fighting on the, the Champions League front as well. And Man United are still in Europe, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, yeah. We, we, our last game we played, we smashed uh, some Austrian team, I think it was. Um, 
But yeah, we're, we're through in the Europa League. I don't, can't remember if we finished the second leg or not, but we uh, we won like four or five nil because um, Agallo uh, was doing really well. Um, he's gone I, back I now. Think, I, think. I think he's still at Has United. He, I think he's gone back. Um... Yeah, I, th- I think it's been it's been negotiated. It's been in the press. I think they've been. Uh, I think he might be staying to the end of the season now. I think, uh, but I'm not I'm not sure if it's entirely locked down yet. Um, no, it, it's been confirmed. He's he's staying the rest of the season. Yeah, the, the, um, along that theme, there was quite an interesting story that Manchester United were, were contemplating kind of ending Henderson's loan to Sheffield United at the end of June, as originally agreed, um, which would have been quite a quite an amusing way for them to kind of just pull the legs under from one of their rivals. But I think they've decided in the end it might annoy him too much to, to, to do something petty like that. So it looks like <laughs> he's playing on at Sheffield United. In fact, I think that's been agreed now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope I, we can beat Sheffield United without having to uh, <laughs> resort to dirty tricks uh, in the loot table. And if, if we don't, then uh, then well, we, we need we've, we've got bigger we've got bigger problems. Yeah, I think the big motivation was is not not um, gentle me conduct to pull him out <laughs> for a club as big as United. Um, so so yeah, so I mean, generally, how how do we think football is going to be different? Um, I, I guess we we start off that we don't really. It's, it's like the first game. We we don't really have this concept of form anymore. It's kind of no, the, the, no one's played for three months. So some of the some of the crisis clubs are a little less in crisis, and teams like Liverpool that were, I know they lost to Watford just before the end, but they were, were pretty much unstoppable. Um, are starting afresh. So, what what do people think about form? Yeah, so I mean, I've got two main thoughts um, about what what I think might happen uh, coming coming into this sort of new new phase. Is that first off, I I do worry a lot about all the t- teams that have nothing to play for uh, to starting to experiment ready for next season because they almost don't consider this season to to count for quite as much anymore without without home fans to impress. Uh, maybe they'll wheel out some young players, uh, sort of ditch all the players that are going to leave anyway this summer um, and just sort of maybe experiment a little bit. Um, and also just the, the fitness levels, I think, is going to be a really big thing. And all these five substitutes. And uh, I'm just trying to pinpoint the type of positions that are most at risk. And they're, they're probably sort of your, your wide players that have to do lots of sprinting or uh, maybe get, the ones more susceptible to getting hauled off. So uh, I, I've tried to go for like central players with my, my current team and I, I might continue to do so. Yeah, that's one thing in the, the K-League, there seems to have been a lot of muscle injuries. And I think the Bundesliga is the same, but um, a lot of the, you've been seeing a lot of people going off in the first half. For some, for some reason, the highlights packages in Korea, they, they put a, a, an ungodly um, amount of focus on substitutions. So every substitution is included in the highlights reel, and there seems to be every match someone limping off in the first half. Mm, yeah, I mean that, that's just going to be a, a bit of a jeopardy, I think, isn't there? There's bound to be some very good players that are going to get injured. Um, it's, it's interesting actually because the just before lockdown, I think Tottenham were in a right mess with their injury crisis. Uh, Manu had basically had to live without Pogba and Rashford, but. But these players are all back now, um, and so play, teams are theoretically at full strength, but there's bound to be new injuries that are going to crop up at a rate of knots when the season restarts. Yeah, I think my thinking is exactly this, the same as Matt's, and I really want to target teams that have something to play for, which I think is basically from like Leicester to probably Arsenal in the table. So like Leicester, Chelsea, United, Wolves, Sheffield United, Spurs... Arsenal, and then obviously the, the the teams at the bottom are really like scrapping for survival. My guess is Liverpool, once they wrap up the league, I can't imagine they will... I imagine they'll be rotating. And then I think that the other interesting thing is Man City. Um, you know, I think the hearing on whether they get kicked out of Europe is in a couple of weeks. So, like, what happens to their team if they get banned from... Champions League next year, do they stop playing? I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think on my second wild card, I'm really, I'm really lo- looking at Man United because we got Pogba and Rashford back, which is I think is really exciting as a United fan. I think I'm, I'm targeting Wolves. Wolves have a lot to play for, and they, I think, have, have a strong team. And then I'm also interested in Spurs because with Harry Kane back, I think um, that 
they they may make a really big push as well. So I think that United Spurs match as as first match back, I think I'll be watching that really closely to see the form of of those two teams. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say about Liverpool because I can I kind of see as you say I I agree you've got all those teams fighting for Champions League and those fighting relegation. So at the moment there's only really a rump of about four or five teams, I guess Burnley down to Southampton, where they're possibly um, out of both of those categories. But then Liverpool are almost a category of their own, aren't they? Because I, I feel like if if Liverpool were still in the Champions League, there would be still this kind of real driving motivation for people to be in the team and no one would want to lose their place if they were kind of targeting another Champions League final. But now... I mean, they're out of the cups. They're out of the Champions League. They're literally just—they're just playing their league fixtures. So they—they—they they, they could potentially be looking at this and thinking, well, kind of nine, nine more wins. We we get an incredible points total. It, it'll be unmatched in like the history of the Premier League. But I'm not sure that just going for a record like that would be much of a motivator. So I'm I'm kind of thinking about the kind of the Trents and the Salas and um, Mane's. Whether whether they're such a wise investment now, what 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 do you what do you guys reckon? I think it's uncertain, uh, definitely at this stage. I mean, I think they'll go all out to win the title as soon as possible. So uh, certainly from the, uh, the first few game weeks, I think they'll be they'll be going for it in full. Um, but you're right; there's definitely a slight risk that they um, as soon as the, as soon as the title's won, uh, that even if they pick the same strongest leaven that, that those players maybe just mentally slightly switch off and think what's the point let's just get ready for next season maybe they'll play to like avoid injury rather than go go the extra mile um but having said that I reckon that might, might come down to some individual characters so I can't imagine Mo Salah doing anything other than trying to score as many goals for his own uh, greatness as possible uh so I think certain players might want to play every minute and demand to play every minute and and really go for their own personal uh, accolades. Uh, and so that might be a factor, uh, even as the rest of the team maybe slumps a bit. Yeah, I think, the only, I mean, I don't know which way it's going to go, but um, I think it's one of those key decisions that either shoots you up the rankings in the last couple of weeks or um, basically tanks your rank. Either you, <laughs> it's basically one of those key decisions, right, that each manager has to make is like how how much they invest in Liverpool versus not. And I, I feel like it's going to be a big decision um, if you're definitely trying to move around in mini-league rankings. And kind of coming on to another thing. So I, I think we, we probably haven't had enough of a sample size from Bundesliga and other leagues, but this this whole idea of kind of is home advantage all about having the crowd on the back of the referee and affecting the way he makes decisions or is it something else like a familiarity with the stadium and the facilities and the dimensions? So it, will home advantage still exist or will it just become basically a, a load of matches played on neutral venues? I feel like it, it, must, it must be diminished, right? No matter what way you look at it, home advantage. I was watching some La Liga highlights and from what I could work out, the sounds they pump in are obviously like home crowd sound. So they, the, the fake crowd is cheering more for the home team and is like booing the away team. But I'd, I mean, I'm pretty sure that won't replicate like really having people in the crowd. I, I think that's just added and then I think familiar- that's just added by like production, isn't it, on the TV? I, I don't think the players in the stadium can, can hear the crowd noises. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, then, then I can't, yeah. Then I, I, I don't know. I'm the personal belief that home advantage is, is way less, especially for like notoriously like strong home grounds, like Merseyside Derby, right? Everton, if they're playing in a neutral ground, I assume Liverpool is going to, Liverpool always beat them anyway, but like home advantage is going to mean nothing for Everton if they, they don't have like the Goodison crowd. Yeah. I, I remember reading a book called Soconomics um, like a few years ago that was trying to work out why it's a home home advantage, um, and they reckoned it was because the crowd influences the ref to give a few decisions, uh, like slightly in favour of the home team, and and that's why bigger crowds and certain intimidating atmospheres have more of a more of effect on the home team. Um, 
And I think that will definitely be the, the big th- level, leveller that will happen in these games where the away team uh, going to some grounds notoriously difficult suddenly won't have that as a factor anymore. Um, and it become remarkably neutral. I, I wouldn't say maybe entirely disappear. I think there's maybe a little bit in the, fa- the, f- the home familiarity factor, but um, I, I'd be surprised if, if, if home and away form really factors too much. It's just about how good the team is these days. Yeah, I think it's going to really benefit big clubs going away to smaller clubs. So, for example, like Arsenal going to Brighton, if it feels more like a neutral ground, you you reckon it's going to favour the big clubs, right? Yeah. Um, and there's there's probably some there's well, probably the... some certain clubs we could mention that I think like um, of the of the kind of the smaller grounds, you've got ones like you've got Selhurst Park, which is kind of quite a very partisan atmosphere. I guess you've got Turf Moor. Um, to Burnley, which has a big effect. Even Norwich at the bottom, they, they've been terrible away from home this season. They, they kind of had a bit of form at, at home. But where, whereas you've got, I guess you've got other clubs with like a kind of notoriously bad atmosphere, I guess, like like West Ham with the, the Olympic Stadium, where they, they don't really have much of an atmosphere. So perhaps they will be affected less. Arsenal. Arsenal's home ground isn't up to much, so no difference for them. And, and Duncan isn't even yeah. here to Although defend I would... himself. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. Like teams like West Ham, like the the home ground had an awful atmosphere for them uh, for the for the players. But I think the the Twitter sphere, like still lamenting all, all those angry West Ham fans, might still be still be out there, which might might affect the team's form slightly. Um, I don't know how much the social media and just the fans commenting on the players and, and the media reaction will, will influence uh, if teams remain in like a bit of a, a, a fog um, or malaise. I, I do wonder as well if um, certain players might actually play differently without the noise of the crowd. So a, I can remember reading an article where someone was saying that, that Klopp at Anfield had kind of weaponized the Anfield crowd and was getting the whole kind of roar of the team behind them to kind of urge them on. And again, when you have this scenario where you have teams like Man City or perhaps even Arsenal these days under Arteta that have this more kind of tick-attacker, pass the team to death, grind them down. And I'm wondering if the smaller team in the last 20 minutes is kind of the adrenaline and the buzz of the crowd is what keeps them going and makes them hold on for that kind of draw. And suddenly without that, they won't quite have that same edge. It might, it might kind of revert to form a bit more. I don't know what others think about that. Yeah, I think that definitely sounds like a, a, a something that might happen quite a lot. I also think maybe some individual players uh, might get slightly in, more intimidated or just on the big occasion, they maybe go into their shell where they look great in training. Uh, and this time, they'll, maybe they'll, it'll feel more like a training session and then they'll play with a bit more uh, freedom. And therefore, they. I, I think it's difficult to know which players that might be, but... Uh, there might be players that come out on form over the next few weeks that we just didn't realise were were as good as they are, um, because actually maybe it's maybe it's the crowd and the the big occasion that gets them nervous. That will be fascinating if someone everyone thinks is like <laughs> truly bang average suddenly becomes like world class because there's no crowd. Yeah, that'll be that'll be super interesting. Yeah, we, I don't know, this, I, sorry, I, I always drag this back to Sheffield Wednesday, but we, we had a player about ten years ago called Darren Potter, who who apparently was was legendarily good in training. Everyone just kept saying, "Oh, in training, you should see some of the things that he does." And then in a, in a match, he would just pass it sideways and not do anything. So I don't I don't know if um, I, I don't know if we can nominate a player that's suddenly going to uh, emerge as the the Darren Potter of the Premier League. But um, yeah, who, who knows. I've got one small theory of a player that might might come out to be a bit better. Um, Joe Solanke at Bournemouth. Mm. Um, I was looking at Bournemouth because they um, purely because they're on BBC um, Bournemouth versus Palace, and I thought, oh, should I pick a player from a from a game I'm definitely going to watch? Uh, and he, he hasn't scored a goal yet, uh, I don't think, for Bournemouth, um, unless he scored one in the cup or uh, at some stage. But uh, it, He's always had this reputation of being like always oh, this hot youth. He's signed for quite a lot of money off Liverpool, um, and he's just never done it on the big occasion at all. I, I wonder if he's one of those fantastic in training. Now he's opportunity about a crowd like there's no, no one on his back that maybe he'll he'll play with a bit more freedom. 
Or maybe he just won't get in the first team. And, uh, <laughs> my theory will never get tested out. Okay, so Solanke at uh, 5.1 million is a uh, bargain. Uh, so yeah. he... <laughs> put him, put him on our, our joint team, I reckon. <laughs> well, he did the last, the last game he started. I'm just looking at him, he got two assists. So, admittedly, that's the only thing he's done is in, in his entire FPL career. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys think that some fixtures actually could get cancelled if say, five players from that team are, like, pe- test positive for corona? Because I was reading this week that Norwich, one of their players got, was positive for corona and he has to, like, self-isolate. But I wonder what happens if, like, say, half the team has it. I assume, I assume they would have to cancel that fixture, right? And then what happens to that team and that fixture? I don't know. Yeah, if, if if De Bruyne was to get it and pass it on to Sterling and Laporte just before the first game, <laughs> that would be that would be typical, knowing um, our luck. I I imagine I, I don't I don't know if they like writing the rules of Premier League that they whether they have to continue or not. I imagine maybe they will cancel games for that because um, I'm a Brighton where we're making a big fuss about the fact that they had a couple of players that had coronavirus and people were thinking it was kind of related to the fact that they were fighting a relegation battle and they, they maybe had half a mind on the season not restarting. Um, uh, and that, So I, I reckon if you're a team that's really struggling, there's a quite a lot financially on the future of the whole club riding on whether you have to play your game or not. And if you can't play half your squad, then, then maybe you'll pull out all the stops to have the game cancelled. <laughs> Tell everyone to go out and start partying <laughs> yeah well it's, it's strange because um, now it's kind of set a precedent as well with this points per game um which i think league one and league two have put in place um but yeah i don't know i don't know if it's i think i think watford have got no i, I don't think it come down to the last game of the season i like watford have got man city the last game of the season so if they were if they were like point one above the relegation zone, suddenly they, they they would have like a an incentive to get the match called off. But I, I think if it came down to the last game, they would be forced to play it at some point. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I, I guess there's very little as fantasy football managers that we can do about who's going to get coronavirus. I don't, I don't know whose immune system of my squad is is the weakest. <laughs> so. Well, the only the only thing i was reading fpl wise who people are like super paranoid is oh make sure your captain and vice captain have different have different fixtures in case that fixture gets called off i i don't know if that's too um paranoid but i i found that was interesting to read uh, that's an interesting theory i think that might um yeah it certainly certainly it's going to be very difficult to know what's going to happen um yeah, I do, I do wonder as well, though, now they've got these kind of processes in place, whether the, the punishment might just be that the game carries on. Because like the players have almost been told you're kind of self-isolating, you've got this kind of bubble. So if, if, if players have been found to have just been breaching the lockdown and catching coronavirus because they were kind of inviting people around to their house or something, the, the Premier League might be um, a bit stricter on something like that. Yeah, for, force you to play with whatever plays don't have it, even if it means going into your youth team. <laughs> um, and mm. then finally, I guess we've got the thing of there might even be a few players who like don't want to play, um, players who've got contracts coming up at the end of the season. We've seen it with Charlton in the Championship. Um, their star striker, Lyle Taylor, has said, basically he's been offered a contract that would be like career changing for him and he said I don't want to get injured in the running and I'm not I don't care if Charlton are hovering above the relegation zone I'm kind of resting up for the rest of the season so there may be a few players kind of coming towards the end of their contracts that uh, or contracts are even expiring at the end of June that they just don't want to play anymore yeah it's going to be a really interesting dynamic because um, I think so many clubs now are in a very perilous financial position um, as a result of all this and so What's going to happen in the transfer market? Um, is there going to be a complete lack of activity? Are, are transfer prices now going to be way down on what they, they once were? Or um, is it going to be as sort of vibrant as ever? Um, and, and how will that play across the players' minds about the, those that are looking for a move? If, 
if they suddenly realise that actually there's, there's going to be so few transfers because no one's no one's really in the market to buy players at this stage, um, and therefore the, I don't know Wilf Zaha. There's no point playing out your skin towards the end of the season in the hope of a big move because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, have they have they decided when the Premier League restarts for next season, or is that still TBD? I think it's still to be decided, but I, I can I can only imagine it's probably just going to be like a two or three week quick turnaround, perhaps with a little bit of time for the for the Champions League to finish for one or two clubs because it's it's currently the twenty sixth of July we're ending, which is pretty much around the time it usually starts, isn't it? And, and we still have kind of an enlarged Euro twenty twenty one, Copa America, and all the other international tournaments coming up at the end of that season. So they, they can't really, they don't really have much leeway, do they, to, to do anything different? Yeah, I think, I think they plan to restart at the normal time until told otherwise at the moment. Um, but, but again, if crowds don't turn up, if, if crowds aren't allowed uh, for the foreseeable future, then that's still going to massively impact revenues and, I can imagine there won't be many. Uh, there might not be the quite same player movements unless people are leaving on free transfers, and uh, that could play havoc a bit. Right then, so I think we've we basically we haven't we haven't um, we haven't answered much there, but we've posed certainly posed lots of questions. Um, I kind of get I'm kind of getting the sense from everyone that the the kind of the the, the the fantasy bankers are kind of even more bankers than usual. People like um, De Bruyne and Aguero seem to be cropping up in conversation. Um, so yeah, we, so we'll we'll come on to the the final thorny issue, which is our combined team. Um, and uh, I'm just again reacquainting myself with with our combined team, um, but. We we were finding it a bit of a struggle. We're bottom of the of, of the of the five podders. The fantasy team has done the worst out of all of us. It's sixth in our mini league, and it's on the second page of the the podcast league in fifty fourth place. Um, we did actually shoot up about half a million places the very last game week before. So we're now five hundred and ninety first in the world. Uh, sorry, five hundred ninety one thousandth in the world. I should say. Um, so first of all, should we decide on a strategy for our um, hive mind team? And do we what 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 wild cards do we have left? We we don't have any wild cards, but we have free hit and bench boost. Right. So potentially, then we could be picking a team for game week. 31 and free hitting some of the Villa Sheffield United Arsenal players that we mentioned in for 30 but then without the without the benefit of a bench boost if that was the case I think that's the most sensible strategy is to free hit for the double um, if you don't have a wild card left um, so that you can you can max out on those those double game weekers Yeah, and our, our team is um, might not be that bad when it reverts back because um, we we have Fernandez, we have a couple of Wolves players, we have Sal and Trent, so could also maybe just take some hits after our our free hit to get the team in a decent place. Well, I, I guess we've still got the unlimited transfers now, so we can still we can still do the unlimited transfers, but we're almost picking a team for. Game week thirty one rather than game week thirty. I'm pretty sure you can't when you, if you activate a free hit for game week thirty, you you have to, those transfers are counting towards the free hit. So you can't I did think about this too, Gary. You can't you can't do transfers this week and then free hit a team. Do you know what uh, I mean? Right. They, the, the the transfers all count towards game week thirty. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, so we're going to soldier on with our team of uh... Harvey Barnes. <laughs> Although you did, you did also back Man United to do well, so having Fernandez in there um, is a good one. We don't have much Man City, which might not be a bad thing because I see, 
after the double game week, Man City or Chelsea away, then Liverpool at home. I think it's it's all right for thirty one. If you think we we're back in Wolves, Man United, uh we've got the strong Liverpool contingent and you've got Aguero. Uh it's just it's a touch differential, um, potentially, but it should be all right for thirty one. Okay. Is there anyone so our team is McCarthy in goal or Henderson? We've got a back four of Alexander Arnold, Gomez, Lascelles, Bolly, with Egan on the bench. Uh, midfield, Traore, Salah, Barnes, Fernandez, and Hayden in midfield. And two of my favourites here. This is a very strong, strong Gary sort of front line of Chris Wood and Danny Ings uh, with Sergio, Sergio Aguero <laughs> currently on our bench. Uh, perhaps Aguero might come in. Are there, are there any players in there? I mean, Traore to me is kind of screaming out muscle injury, but I'm not sure we can pick our team on. On muscle injuries, um, but yeah, that haven't happened yeah. yet. <laughs> I, I think Isaac Hayden is one of those players that is going to play really well without a crowd. <laughs> 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 I think he's another one to add to Solanke on on Matt's list. Right? Yeah. Well, we'll perhaps we gamble on Hayden then. Um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering with Newcastle, like we. Particular, like Lascelles was a bit of a bonus towards the end of last. Uh, he was he was really coming good, um, but actually Newcastle's fixtures are looking quite good though. They got Sheffield United at home, Villa at home, Bournemouth away, West Ham at home. So so Newcastle are quite a good team to to be sticking with at the moment. Um, for the I mean for the free hit, should we go for a couple of differentials from the um, the four teams that are. Two game weeks. So, what what are you thinking? A kind of a Mares or a Lacazette? Messi Ozil. Yeah, like a Pepe Ozil Lacazette Arsenal triumvirate. Uh, oh, I like that. Then, yeah, who, who else? Jesus uh, uh, and David Silva. Uh, players like that that just sort of. Ones that won't be in the other day, double game week teams. That means that we are either we we sink or rise uh, massively. I think there's a good reason though why some of those players aren't in the other teams. <laughs> <laughs> like David Silva is a wonderful player, but his minutes and minutes have been going down. So I'd, I'd be very surprised even if he does play. He he may be coming off after 58 minutes or something. So I'm not sure. Um, in terms of Arsenal, I mean, we had quite an interesting conversation on the last pod that, that Duncan was getting quite optimistic that um, Arteta was transforming Arsenal into a lot more kind of defensively savvy, kind of controlling possession kind of team. So maybe maybe that does bring someone like Ozil into that as well as some of their defenders. Uh, they kept three clean sheets out of four. And even if they have a mayor at Man City, they could still go to Brighton and pick up. So... That could be a that could be one for the Arsenal side. Yeah, yeah. Ozil, Bellerin, um, and someone else. Mm. It's just hard to know who's going to play, isn't it? So this is the <laughs> this is the thing. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm not even sure Bellerin's first choice anymore. Um, but. Yeah, the, the the other thing that stands out to me about game week 30 is that the, there's not, if you don't go double, if you're not doubling up on certain players, the, the the single fixture games are really hard to call. I mean, even Liverpool away, Everton is not, um, it's not one way you necessarily can see lots of goals. Um is it? I'd, it'd be very hard to pick out a whipping boy. In fact, um, I don't know if we're doing whipping boys this week, but um, yeah, it's, it's quite a tricky one. Yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling Villa are going to get whipped by Chelsea because they only have a couple days in between, um, and you know Chelsea be, will be fresh um, and trying to hunt down a solidified Champions League. I, I feel like. I feel like that might be a good one. West Ham Wolves was the other one I'm looking at, but I'm just not sure. Maybe West Ham will get it together. 
Mm, yeah, I I kind of I kind of agree. I mean, they do Villa do have four four days between the Wednesday and the Sunday match. Um, so I, I do I do agree with you though. I think they'll target the Sheffield United one as one that they they have to try and get three points from, and they'll think the Chelsea one, even though the teams are quite equal league wise, will be a lot tougher. Um. Yeah. So is is someone controlling the 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 the? Are we doing the free hit at the moment, or should we? Are we are we going to do any transfers at all, or um, just go straight to the free hit team? I think we do a free hit, and like Matt said, just just go pure differential. <laughs> Right then, so so we're 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 picking out some of the differential players to watch. I've I mean, I've got an ultimate differential for you. I get, I don't know if this goes into Matt's theory of um, players like without the crowd, but um, I presume McGoldrick will be back leading the Sheffield United line. Um, he's played very well in a lot of matches outside the box, but he's not scored a single goal yet. Do we do we think for the for the two games he's got? Uh, against Villa and against Newcastle, he might be a. Uh, Does he play alongside McBurney, or is it either or of those two? Uh, they kind of do a bit of a wing backs, don't they? I actually McBurney's played nearly every minute of the last six or seven games, and I think McGoldrick and Mousset have kind of been rotating in the other role. We could gamble yeah. on it. I don't think any of us had McBurney in our team. We could go McBurney uh, as the, the Sheffield United dynamo that, that he is. Yeah, no goals in six. Yeah, but, I, li- uh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> Let's, uh... I like that. <laughs> All right, I've, got, I've come up with a, a differential draft right now. Do you want to yes. hear it? Okay. okay. Uh, Dean Henderson in goal, not differential. It's fine. Um, Bellerin... I, I, Bellerin, Egan, Trent. I'm playing three four three. Um, Ozil, Pepe, Mares, uh, Fernandez, Aguero, Jesus, McBurney. <laughs> Thoughts? So we're going Fernandez because we we we're not going for a double like a Grealish. I get Grealish is just too too boring by comparison, isn't he? Yes, super boring. Who else is there that could be... Uh, Son's back. Son is back. But Man United... I don't know. Son against Man United? What Arsenal did you have again? You had um, Pepe. I have Pepe, Ozil and Bellerin. I think Bellerin is first choice. If you look at his minutes... um... Oh, no, actually. He didn't play against West Ham. Interesting. I'm also happy to go David Louis. Does David Louis get Lacazette? dropped? Instead of uh, Jesus. Yeah. Or Aguero. What What do we feel about for, for Man City? We could go for Mendy. Ooh, well, that's a good okay. one. We can, we'll do Bellerin for Mendy. Is Mendy over the same price? And then, who do we want to sacrifice up top? Aguero or Jesus for Lacazette? Probably sacrifice Aguero. Aguero, Aguero, yeah. I mean, that works out. It depends who you want to play. So we've Ozil, Pepe, Mares. Oh, we don't. Who we do don't have our. Um, if we do our free hit. We don't have the bench boost as well, don't we? So we we could. Yeah, we, yeah. We, so I'm playing three four three, yeah. but I'm making sure Mc, I'm making sure McBurney's <laughs> on the team. <laughs> we we have one more slot for the fourth midfielder. Probably can spend up to eleven million. Right, so almost anyone. Any yeah, anyone. Son? Oh, Fernandez? Oh, how about Pogba? As pure punt. <laughs> <laughs> Pogba's quite punty and, and fits with uh, this is a two-man new fans profile of this this 
this pod. <laughs> but should, should we should we have a should we have oh, a no. slight voice we of should, reason? <laughs> we should not have someone like we should have we, do we, do we, we should have a Chelsea player. We should have a Chelsea. But, but player. do we do we not still have a Man City player then? Could we not just put someone like De Bruyne or Sterling in just to be slightly boring? But no, we have we already have three City uh, players: Mendy, Mahrez, Jesus. Uh, I feel like Chelsea away to Villa. I feel like. We could target that fixture, but I don't know who from Chelsea. Pulisic? Is he is he fit? I think so. I think I, I think, think the only one who's struggling a bit is Hudson Adoy because he had coronavirus, and I, I think he's been a bit struggling to get back to full fitness. Pulisic is extremely punty. Shall we do that? <laughs> I pref- yeah, he hasn't yeah. hasn't or... played since game week twenty one. <laughs> uh, I prefer the Son or Pogba could... move personally, uh, just as like premium players that uh, only have a single game week. I think you you a reasonable person would go Son so, right over is, Pogba. What what's, what's Pogba? What what was Pogba's final relationship with Mourinho like? Will he will he have a point to prove? Oh yeah, definitely. Right, I feel like definitely he will want. Yeah, they that. hate because the reason Solskjaer did so well initially. Well, one of the reasons Solskjaer did so well was because Pogba suddenly was freed up because uh, he hated Mourinho so much. Right, so we'll go with the vendetta then. Have Pogba. Um... Strolling around the midfield. <laughs> How, how's that going to work, Matt? You, is it basically McTominay with Pogba and Hernan, um, Fernandez, Fernandez. In, kind of ahead of him or either side of him? Uh, so I don't think it's I don't I don't think anyone really knows actually because uh, Fernandez is kind of box to box to box and Pogba can play defender box to box or in the hole. So uh, not not clear. I think one theory is it might depend partly if Pogba's staying in the long term or not. Um, so if he's staying another season, that he might might give him like the pivotal role in the middle. Um, but if he's not, then then let him be the defensive player and put Fernandez in the hole. Mm. Well, we can always free hit this team, and then the reasonable members of the pod can still change it before Wednesday. <laughs> Let's just let's just share the team that we've come up with without any context or comment and see <laughs> see what I, I think Duncan is probably gonna be more outraged than Andy, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Okay. Um here is currently what it is. It is Dean Henderson in goal, Trent Mendy Egan, Urzel Pepe Mares Pogba. Jesus, Lacazette, McBurney. It's a sexy team. <laughs> Love it. It's, it's a great team. Uh, maybe I'll put Grealish on the bench because we can afford him. Who should the captain why, be, why though? Don't we, it, see, it seems with Sheffield United, like people always go with Egan, O'Connell, Baldock or Stevens. No one ever picks Basham. He, he plays just like all the rest of them. I know he hasn't scored this season, but may, maybe this is his time to shine. Yeah, we can do Egan for Basham. No problem. I don't think I've seen a single team with Basham in it. So, Although he is in 1.5% of the teams, apparently. Um, who should the captain be for our... Super differential. Well, bash team. him, obviously. Now, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like it has to be someone like Pepe or Jesus. Lacazette is like the most sensible of the uh, the ones there for like minutes and double game week. Will Arsenal go with Lacazette away at Man City? Will they stick a Bamiang up front and pack the midfield? Matt <laughs> Lacazette only has like. 40 minutes of game time in the last oh, right. well, three fair games. I, I have forgotten about like what what's going on at Arsenal <laughs> entirely. So, yeah, maybe Ozil is a regular. I think. Pe- I, I mean, uh, oh yeah, Ozil, Ozil is a regular. He's like Arteta's number ten. I mean, Mares does scream Maverick pick. He's he's either double points or not playing most weeks. So he he could be. Uh... 
That's a good could one. Could be a master stroke. That's a good one. I could picture a Mares hat trick from nowhere. Okay. Mares captain it is. I'm actually going to hit make transfers. <laughs> Play free hit. We're doing yeah. free hit, right? Yeah. Makes the most sense. Yeah. All right. Confirmed. Okay. Good luck, Duncan and Andy, when you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck Andy trying to think of a more wild wild card pick than we've gone for right then so I think we've we've done the team as I say it's been a slightly different pod to usual based at the week we haven't had anything really to recap on or any form to look at in the future um, I think we tentatively identified Aston Villa as the whipping boys for their second fixture although I'm not quite sure a whipping boy counts um, if they're going to get two bites at the cherry. Um, any other thoughts on the, the games coming up this weekend or is that just about covered everything? Yeah, I have no idea how any of the games are going to go, but I'm just glad it's I'm glad footy's back so we can watch something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have no wisdom to add. Uh, we're all just guessing, so uh, that's probably enough guesswork for one pod. <laughs> Okay then. Well, we will we will say uh, farewell to our listeners. I hope that you've been keeping sane during the lockdown. Um, and yes, finally, football is coming back. Not long to wait now; just a few days, and we can see which which fantasy football teams have been using the time off wisely to ta- strategize, plan, come up with new formulas. And we'll see. So, okay. So, um, yeah. Final words from Matt. Cheers. Love it. Loving our dream team. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the hive mind gets on against our actual uh, boring picks. And Ben. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. It was just fun doing this again after must be three months now. Yeah, we we did attempt to record one during the lockdown, but it kind of went with technical issues meant it, it never saw the light of day. Uh, so yeah, so it's uh, it's good to be uh, good to be back back on the airwaves, and we'll see you all next week once we actually know what football looks like in this new world. So farewell, everyone.